Today's episode is brought to you by 90 Day Habits. You've probably heard of the brand before, but guess what? There's a brand new 12-month planner. The very first 12-month planner built specifically for network marketers. And this helps you break down your goals for the year, for the 12 months, right? Into 90 days, but then into a month. And then into a week, set weekly business plans, have a weekly accountability review at the end of each week. Map out your week, your day by the hour. It's incredible. It's something the founders and I have been using. We created for ourselves, but we want to give to you, the network marketer, looking to level up in your business, looking to get clarity in your day, in your week on what to do, on how to do it, and keep continuously reviewing and moving closer and closer to your goals and ultimately that dream life that freedom you want in your life, right? So check out 90dayhabits.co. We'll drop the link in the show notes. Now let's get to the episode. It's just, you know, when people say, well, once I'm a top earner, then I'll feel better about myself. <laughs> and that's just that's just uneducated. You just don't understand how, how things work. Mm-hmm. You need to feel it before that happens. You need to see it and feel it and touch it, smell it, taste it, know that it's true, see people complimenting you on it before it happens. Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Today's episode is going to be epic. I am so excited for you to tune into this. So first of all, if you have been a loyal follower of Getting Magnetic, you know that we just finished my seven-part postpartum series. And then we um, did a little life update episode. And then our last episode was with Dr. Jack, our intimacy and sex coach. Getting magnetic is all about love and business. We talk all things. So since we just did a heavy emphasis on love and our personal life, we are now pivoting. We are now doing a series on network marketing. You guys are going to hear from some legends in the industry. And I am so stoked for you to soak up the knowledge from today's guest. Today's guest is a gentleman named Ray Higdon. He is absolutely phenomenal. He's a two-time best-selling author, a former number one income earner in a network marketing company that he joined when he was in foreclosure. He shared the stage with Tony Robbins, Rob Pachter, Les Brown, Robert Kiyosaki, and so many more. Ray and his wife no longer build network marketing company so they could better serve the profession as coaches, speakers, and trainers. So they have a coaching company, which was recognized this year on the Inc. 5000 as one of America's fastest growing companies. And they love helping network marketers grow large teams and create freedom in their life. This guy is absolutely impressive. There's no other way to describe it. Today's interview is going to blow your mind. He has such an incredible story, truly coming from, you know, having lost everything to building something so significant. I'm excited for you to hear his story. Let's welcome Ray to the show. So excited to welcome Ray Higdon to the show. You guys heard the bio, just absolute rock star in network marketing and coaching and speaking and everything. Welcome, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Okay, let's focus first on like we love hearing like the superhero origin story. I love the the you know the story of the foreclosure to multi million dollar success story. Like, let's get into the weeds with that. Share that whole journey with us. What's what's your background? Yeah, so I had uh, I had worked my way up in the corporate world to a pretty high paying salary, especially from someone that uh, didn't finish high school on time, never finished college. Uh, and I'd you know work my way up. And so, but I realized something. And I realized by looking at my boss and his boss and her boss that, yeah, they were making more money than me, but they were also more miserable. And so was I. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't fun. It wasn't cool. And, and I saw some of my buddies in, in real estate uh, there in the state of Florida and the year was 2004. I saw some buddies of mine from high school in real estate, just killing it. And I thought if those knuckleheads can do it, I can too. <laughs> and so despite every, there was literally not one person in my entire universe that thought this was a good idea for me to leave that high paying corporate job um, with all the benefits. I'd been working my way up, you know, in that company and another company for, you know, six, seven years. Yep. Nobody thought it was a good idea, but I'm like, you know, I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. And most people were like, yeah, so are we, but you know, we, we do what <laughs> That's needs life, to be done. Right? And, uh, and so not for me and, uh, interesting side note, I don't always share this, but when I left that job in April of 2005, I did the Jerry Maguire leave scene. Yes. And so I watched it like 35 times. I memorized each line. And although we didn't have a fishbowl, this is kind of gross. Yeah. Thinking back, we had a community M&M bowl. Oh, yeah. yeah people would just dip their grubby hams in there. And yeah. M &Ms. And so uh, on the way out, I'm like, who's coming with me? And there was an intern that it was her last day. She came with me and then I grabbed some of the M&Ms and I said, these M&Ms have manners. And we we left. <laughs> wow. So, Bold move. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, my, I relate my, to you so much. <laughs> my boss was literally crying. I mean, he had tears <laughs> running down his face. He was laughing. So I was going to say laughing or was he oh, sad? Okay. Oh, he was laughing so hard. And I even <laughs> asked the security guard to come up there and say, hey, man, I want you to create a scene. I want you to like act like you're escorting me out. Yeah. And so I did, I did the entire scene, man. I'm like, as that I, is building, I help build, sorry, it's a fact. Yeah. So it you know, good. this day and age, first of all, I have the same story as you without the Jerry Maguire leaving. Yeah, you did not yeah. do that. I didn't do that. But this day and age, it would almost be like, you'd probably hire a videographer, like get this, oh, drop oh. it into 50 reels, 50 oh. TikToks. It's going to go long form YouTube. Like you'd be, oh, a if only, if only I, <laughs> if I, if only I was a video marketer back then. <laughs> I wish I had that. That'd be so epic. So and so, so off I go. I go in, I go into real estate and um I get my mortgage license. So I'm doing some mortgages. I'm doing some you know, flipping real estate. I, you know, me and a partner buddy up and we buy some rental properties. Things are going great. Um, you know, move flipping houses, got a bunch of rentals, rocking and rolling. And then 2008 happens and everything comes to a screeching halt. And so places that we used to be able to rent for 850 bucks a, a unit, now they're, they, we can't even rent them at 500 bucks a unit, right? Mm. So you times that out, we had 37 rental units. And so, you know, like that, that'll hurt you. 
then all of the deals I was doing, no one could get financing for anymore. And Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden, um, you know, my partner's like, Hey man, I got to go back to work, man. And so he goes back to the job that, that the one that I left, uh, because we were both there and uh, he goes back to a job. I'm, I'm taking all of my cash that I've saved up trying to keep these things afloat. Eventually I get completely wiped out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I get wiped out, literally spend every dime I've ever made trying to keep things afloat. I go through a divorce. Uh, I, I, at one point I'm sleeping on my buddy's couch Mm. and it was a big fall from grace. Um, got really depressed, was drinking heavily, not proud of that. And I was in a really, really tough spot. And a friend of mine who, you know, I don't know, I've never actually asked him this, but I don't know if he knew how hard I had fallen and how bad off I was. Cause then I was in, I was in personal foreclosure. I was all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff, man. And, um, he reached out to me and he invited me to a, a home meeting, uh, get together. And, and I knew what that meant, right. He tried to mask it. Hey, I got somebody's coming over to talk about this new project. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I tried network marketing in the past and I'd had some bad experiences. I had some weird uplines, very controlling, and I didn't want to do it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really have any options. No one was hiring because everyone around me had been affected by real estate. My credit shot. I'm, I, I have two credit cards left that I haven't figured out. I'm not paying them. And uh, I, I really don't know what else I'm going to do. And so I go to this meeting. I sign up. I put it on one of those those credit cards, 300 bucks. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this thing out. Mm. And so there were you know, a few things that I did, which I'm I'm happy to share if you'd like. There are a few daily method of operations that I that I did. Fast forward and five months, I'm at ten thousand a month. Seven wow. months, I'm at forty thousand a month. Ten months, at fifty thousand a month. Become the number one income earner of the company. Make millions of dollars with that company. And um, eventually, they actually merge into a larger company. Ran with that company for a few years, and I didn't intend to build a coaching and training business. Um, but because I was building so early on social media, I mean, I was building, I was building and, you know, network marketing on social media way before most people were. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so many people were intrigued with that. They wanted to hire me. They wanted me to speak on their stage. So here I was the number one earner of a company and I would speak on two to three other company stages a month. Imagine wow. that. like, wow. like that just seems crazy, yeah. but they were so hungry for what I was teaching and I always kept my content generic when I was creating, you know, videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2016, my uh, uh, wife and I, which we got, you know, we got married in 2010. Uh, I'm sorry, 2011. Uh, so we're 11 <laughs> here. And, um, you know, we decided to retire from actively building a team to focus solely on coaching and training the industry. And, and that's what we've been doing. And so mm-hmm. we, um, you know, love what we do. Uh, Jess has branched out and she does a lot more real estate nowadays. And I do the majority of the coaching and training and speaking. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that catches you up. That's incredible role models for us. Yeah. I love your story. It's so empowering. Can you walk us through, I'm sure everyone listening is so eager to know what were some of those daily method of operations that you did? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because looking back like I now know so many other things, mm-hmm. especially around uh, visualization, mental rehearsal, et cetera, that um, I, I just didn't know back then. But there were a few things that I did. And I, I really think there's four uh, contributing things that I did that made all of that happen. Okay. Um, and so I'd read a book called Go For No. 
sounds like a terrible book, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I want yeses. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but I, I read this book called Go For No because a buddy recommended it. And, and it's all about you getting over your resistance to rejection and your reaction to rejection. And I found that that's what keeps most people back. Most people are way too scared on how they look to others. And that's why they don't prospect, right? Is they're just so worried about rejection or looking stupid. And that book does a good job to get you out of your head. And so I read that and I just asked the question, all right, what would make success inevitable? Here I am in, for, in personal foreclosure. I'm a million dollars in debt. So literally a homeless person is worth a million dollars more than me. And, and sometimes people come up to me at events and they're like, dude, Ray, I'm in, I'm, you know, I got 30,000 in debt. I'm like, oh, good for you. That's restraint. Way to go. Way to go, little buddy. And, uh, you know, I was a million dollars in debt. And, and so I'm like, what would make success inevitable? I wanted to get out of debt. I wanted to, I wanted to become the top earner of the company. I'll just say it, you know, mm -hmm. like that's like, I, I wanted that I need. And honestly, it was all just to help my very cracked ego. It really was because I was so damaged after losing it all. Cause you know, I, I, I thought I knew everything. I thought I was a genius and all this stuff. And then I just lost everything and got my legs cut off. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to repair that. And so I read this book. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for 20 no's a day. And every day before my head hits a pillow, I'm going to have 20 different people tell me no. Mm -hmm. And, and so I start that journey and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and a lot of people, they ask, you know, well, what's a no, like if they ignore you, no, I had tens of thousands of ignores. I'm not mm -hmm. talking about being ghosted. I'm talking about someone saying no. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is something that I've only had two, you know, I've only had three people tell me that they also went for 20 no's a day for at least six months. All three became million dollar earners. Mm -hmm. And but I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, the authors of the book, Go For No, they, they heard my story and they liked it so much that we actually co-authored a book called Go For No for Network Marketing, mm -hmm. um, which is actually the second book. It's not the first one, it's the second one mm -hmm. um, because I read the first one. Right? And so I went for 20 no's a day. I hated prospecting, hated it. But I was broke, right? So mm -hmm. I so I did, and but I hated prospecting. I wanted to create a way for people to reach out to me, and mm -hmm. so on July fifteenth of two thousand and nine, I decided I was going to do a video a day, and I was going to do a video a day every day, and eventually someone somewhere will see these darn videos, and people will start reaching out to me because that's what I wanted. I wanted to. What were those videos around? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So one, just to acknowledge, it was a lot tougher back then. Okay, mm -hmm. you didn't have live video. Live video didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Live video didn't start to like 20, late 2014, I believe. You definitely didn't have reels, right? Mm -hmm. So nowadays, marketers are so spoiled. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If you live through like the Google AdWord days and you live through, um, you know, the last, you know, 17, 18 years of, of marketing, it is absolutely preposterous how much easier marketing is right now. Mm -hmm. So you would record it on a little flip camera, you'd upload it to YouTube and you would hope someone saw it. Right. Yeah. That was that was your play. And and so I I did it around. Honestly, one of the main things I did it around was whatever I was learning. And so, you know, I came up with a concept called ILT, invest, learn, teach. So you mm -hmm. invest your time, possibly money to learn something, then you teach it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't read a book ever without creating content from that book, ed edifying the author. 
right? Yeah. And so whatever, whenever I'm, if I'm watching a documentary, you know, last night I was rewatching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, and a, a thing popped out at me. So I did, I did a video about it today mm-hmm. for our, our rank makers community. And so um, it was around, you know, business mindset, sales, follow up, sometimes network marketing specific, but I never mentioned my company ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, there was a time a friend of mine showed me this. There were 1300 people a month searching on Google. What MLM is Ray Higdon in? <sighs> How funny is that? That's wow. and, awesome. and so I went in the beginning of doing those videos. I literally, literally no one's watching them. Like nobody. My mom's like, great video, sweetie. I'm like, Thank, thanks. Mom. <laughs> thanks, mom. <laughs> and, and I don't know what I'm doing either. Like, you know, I have this little crappy $90 flip cam thing and I'm out in like the wind and I'm like a weather reporter, Ray Higdon here. And you can't even, you're like, what do he say? I got the sun directly behind my head. You can't yep. even make my face out. You just kind of see, you know, teeth or something. Right. <laughs> and so I, you know, I just, what I did do is I was just freaking consistent. Um, Side note, I didn't stop doing a video a day until July of 2021. So I wow. went 12 years of not missing one day ever. Wow. Um, Damn. And the only reason I missed a day in 2021 is I was at a Joe Dispenza meditation retreat. And I'm like, eh, I'm just not going to do it today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've missed two days. That's the spot um, to, to break the streak at the in all day. Yeah. Meditation, hey, Joe Dispenza. I was pretty, feeling, feeling pretty zen. Wow. Um, but that the was third, what 12 years from 09 to 21. Yeah. Wow. So I'm trying to do, I'm like 365 times 12. I'm like, that's a lot of videos. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh the third thing, self-development every day. And the fourth thing, and so that would be reading a chapter in a book, audiobook, some some kind of self-development because I needed it. Cause I was still fighting those demons of having lost it all and just like, you know, just not being in a great place all the time. Uh, but the fourth thing that I've started adding that I looking back, I realized I did is I did something that's probably the hardest thing for people harder than 20 no's a day. And that is I created a psychological trigger that anytime I thought about how bad life was, I had to prospect somebody. Mm. And so what I've noticed is I've, I've met people that do the work. I've met people that do affirmations. I've met people that you know, if you look at their their body of work that they show up and do every single day, you'd think, yeah, they, yeah, they should work. They should be successful, but they're not. And the reason is, is they spend too much time in their mind dwelling on what they don't want and noticing the things in their life that aren't where they want to be. And so my way around that back then, you know, I didn't know visualization. I didn't know mental rehearsal. I didn't know any of those kind of things. Um, but I just create a psychological trigger, kind of like Pavlov's dog, right? So the bell rings and the dog, you know, drools. When I thought of something bad, I had to prospect somebody. And mm-hmm. so I might be sitting there and I just think about how I used to eat filet mignon and now I'm eating ramen noodles. And I would take my, my cell phone and go, and it might be the dry cleaner. And I would just say, hey, uh, hey, you may not remember me. I used to bring my dry cleaning in there, you know, when I was <laughs> making money. Um, and uh, but hey, uh, listen, this may sound crazy, but I got this side project to make extra money. It wouldn't interfere with what you're currently doing. Would you be open to take a look at it? And if not, totally cool. And so like I, I was just constantly catching my negative thought, rolling it into profit producing action, catching that negative thought, rolling it into profit producing action. I didn't allow myself to dwell on the negativity because I had done that for about a year and that's what had me drinking heavily, et cetera. And so those are the four things that, that I did to become the number one earner, to become, you know, million dollar producer, to get out of foreclosure and, and, and also, you know, really lay the foundation for, uh, you know, an Inc 5,000, you know, coaching and training company. 
I, this is such an empowering story because one, you start with humility. I thought I was the man and then I a million dollars in debt. Homeless people were worth more than me. Two, yeah. for network marketers too, hearing, oh, he was in network marketing, didn't succeed, didn't like it, didn't want to do it, but then had a, a pretty fast ascension to the number one earner, multi-million dollar earner, all the things like super just inspiring for network marketers because a lot of people like think like, oh, I haven't gone fast or I haven't done it yet. Right. But you realize like, no, it's really that decision. And Ray just like drew that line in the sand and started, yep. had his daily methods for success, started to do these things, started to put out videos every day, like was consistent with it. Like you guys heard the four steps, which are incredible. I want to step back for a second and empower the industry of network marketing. Like you've built a career in it, one inside of network marketing as a distributor. Yep. And then now you empower leader. You almost help raise leaders to go out and make their own impact. And you're a coach, trainer, speaker, author, all of those things. What, why network marketing for you? Like, why do you, why do you love <laughs> it as a business model? Like, why'd you decide to kind of make a career in life out of this industry? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when people ask me, about network marketing because I because I I get hired to speak at a lot of non-network marketing events, right? Uh, I mean, I just spoke at a real estate event up in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, they paid very nicely to have me keynote that event on how to change your habits. Mm -hmm. And um, when I'm, you know, and I've, I've spoken at Russell Brunson's Funnel Hacking Live, I've spoken at GrowthCon with mm -hmm. uh, Grant, Grant Cardone's event, and and so. The way that I describe network marketing is I see it as the lowest risk, lowest overhead way for the average ordinary person to start a business. Mm. And that doesn't mean that it's the best for everybody. It doesn't mean that it's you know perfect. But for, for a lot of people, they wouldn't be an entrepreneur without it. And sometimes it is a gateway. You know, um, there are, you know, Jim Rohn started in network marketing. Mm -hmm. Literally no one knew Jim Rohn before he joined network marketing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and he, that was his gateway. He became a speaker, empowered all kinds of insurance companies and all kinds of, you know, other people all around the world and still does even, mm -hmm. you know, post, uh, post life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so the reason I love it and I stay here is um, I see it as the vehicle to impact the most amount of people. And that's what drives me. Hmm. And, and so like, if you, if you look at, um, you know, what's the biggest, you know, internet marketing event, it's, you know, it's probably a toss up between Russell Brunson's or Ryan Dice's, right. And they both get maybe 5,000 people at, you know, at their events, you look at the biggest, uh, you know, real estate type event that, you know, that'd be grant. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, he's typically around 10 or 15,000. And, you know, these, they're all once, once a year kind of things. Yeah. Well, network marketing, I mean, of course, uh, you know, pre COVID, right. Um, I mean, there was a 20,000 person event literally every month in the United States alone, which is mm -hmm. about 30% of all network marketing. Mm -hmm. And, and so um, there literally is no other avenue out there to impact more people. If that's what floats your boat, if that's mm -hmm. what drives you, which it is what that's what it that is what drives me. Not only am I super grateful for it, for how it turned my life around and transformed me and literally saved me financially and spiritually, mentally, et cetera, but it's also the vehicle to impact the most amount of people. I mean, I've I've spoken on stage in front of 26,000 people, you know, that that is not very likely in any other industry. What other industry do you do that unless mm -hmm. you're, you know, 
Tony Robbins, Beyonce, right? Yeah. Unless you're, you know, playing in the Super Bowl or something, and and you're not. It's not like you're speaking to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just, I just really love the industry. There's a lot of people again that wouldn't be entrepreneurs without it. And I know there's also um, some of my driving forces is helping people overcome trauma, helping people overcome abuse, helping people overcome their past, and that is uh, one of the things that really drives me because you know that's that's my story. Right. You know, before all of this, I grew up in a very abusive home, you know, and I had a lot of a lot of self-worth issues because of that, that I've, uh, you know, overcome, that I've learned, that I've survived and thrived, et cetera. And I love helping people do that in their lives, too. Wow. I love that you said that. Um, I also I relate to that. I also grew up in a very uh, hostile home with an alcoholic, manic, depressive, bipolar mother who's no longer Mm. here anymore. And I'm grateful for it because I honestly think having a hard like upbringing has like helped equipped me to be great in this industry because I have proven to myself time and time again that I can overcome hard things because I had to do that as a young child and I think too what you said how it's like such a smart industry for people that want to have a low risk way to get involved as a, as a entrepreneur, I've done more traditional routes of entrepreneur. I've owned brick and mortars. I've owned franchise. I've had shops before where, you know, I had like a smoothie juice bar franchise for several years. Like I've done that route. I've done real estate. I've done all the things and I can speak to network marketing truly is like you said, it's not for everybody, but for someone listening to this, that maybe has been intrigued, or maybe you currently are a business owner of a brick and mortar. And you're curious, like, how could this work doing an e-commerce business? Like, how does it even work? Like, it really is so smart. And I feel like it cuts out all the complicated, unnecessary parts of owning a business. When you have a brick and mortar of, you know, the rent, the inventory, interviewing, hiring, firing, like all the stuff that goes into it. Like there are no emergencies in network marketing, right? Like there's nothing bad on a day-to-day that could happen. Whereas when I've had my other traditional businesses, there would be nightmares that would happen all the time. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for, you know? Or you got more overhead than you got pay coming in and all the things. Yeah. There's so much, so much. I love that concept of it being turnkey entrepreneurship. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I think, you know, entrepreneurs are the nature nurture. I think entrepreneurs can absolutely be developed. And I don't know if I was like a natural born entrepreneur. I mean, I went through the typical college, you know, master's degree, corporate route, but I wanted what business ownership and entrepreneurship had to offer. And I didn't know another way to do it. I wanted, I was seeking it. I just didn't know. And network marketing is that turnkey opportunity to do it kind of like you said, which I love and, and going kind of beyond that into like, where do you see? Cause I like, I think about people like our upline who started 20 years ago. I'm like, I would have never started this business 20 years ago. I don't know how I would have done it. Like without Zoom, social media, technology, YouTube, like all the things. Where do you see network marketing is like today? And where do you see it it going? Because I'm excited for where it's going. Yeah. So with the belief that this is the largest gathering of otherwise non-entrepreneurs entering the business, you know, kind of world, uh, many of which have never read a book on business or, you know, book on sales or marketing or or anything like that, right? Um, You combine that with, uh, I really see that there's a, you know, there's like a global awakening of people realizing that there, that there's other, there's, there's something else out there, 
right? And I don't know if I'm saying that politically correct or whatever, yeah. but I just think there's been, um, there's just a lot of people that were just cogs in the matrix, you know, uh, and then a couple of years ago, they're like, man, maybe, maybe there's something else to life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, for example, you know, I meditate every day and I'm, you know, big, big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza and he's speaking mm -hmm. at our event again this year. And, um, you know, meditation, just that word that used to be like, oh, meditate, huh? Hippie, you know, like that just <laughs> totally. wasn't like a cool word. And you guys are in California, right? But it just, it just wasn't hip. Mm -hmm. And now there's so many people that are realizing that just making the money um, didn't make them happy. And they're looking for Not other enough. things. I mean, my, my top, my top, at least financial uh, client, uh, I mean, he, when he hired me, he was making $20 million a month. And uh, he's outside of network marketing. Uh, he runs an investment fund, but, um, you know, making $20 million a month, which, you know, you could almost live on that. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't happy in his parenting or his relationship. And so, you know, I helped him with that. And I just see that there's more and more people that are are looking for looking for change, looking for to be around more empowered people, looking for growth. And network marketing is such a great colliding of that. And that's one of my missions is to bring this kind of work into network marketing. It's not usually the network marketers fault that they don't know how to get past their trauma or build their business, right? It's just they haven't been taught that they haven't known that there was even a path to learn how to do those things. And so um, I see the network marketing industry evolutionarily, you know, evolutionarily growing in energy and awareness, right? Because that's what's happening at the global scale anyway. Um, and you know, this, this understanding of entrepreneurs of providing value and, and, you know, doing good deeds and, and random act of kindness, et cetera. I just see this as a, a really, you know, very powerful industry to uplift a lot of people that's going to impact a lot of people. And so um, you take that and if you, as a side note, if you look at inflation and the economy and the crazy, you know, politicians, um, that's going to drive more people to seek outside and seek something additional. And, you know, there are people that need, literally need to make an extra two to 500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. How else are they going to do it? Their employer is getting hit with all kinds of other stuff and they ain't going to pay them two to 500 bucks more a month. Mm -hmm. And so they're literally having to come up with that on their on their own and they don't know how to do that and so there's it's never there's never been a more important time for the network marketer and you no longer have to convince people that they should be working from home mm -hmm. right three years ago that was a hurdle right you're like hey you should work from home i don't know i don't know, I don't know if i could work from home now it's like oh i can work from home great yeah now it's like i have to come into an office oh that sucks right mm -hmm. so you just have this you know globally more and more people are way more open to working from home than they ever were before. More and more people know about Zoom than they ever knew before, right? And I remember when the quarantine happened, you know, I, I just knew that there were a lot of people in very confusing times. And uh, and so I just offered up my services. I did 76 Zooms in the first eight days of quarantine. And so I'm doing them for Italy. I'm doing them for England, Ireland, Spain, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia. And, and so um, I just think that this is, we're just in this perfect, amazing thing that is going to transform and really uplift a lot of people. Mm. So good. Okay. Question. What do you think is the biggest reason that network marketers don't succeed? Like what, why is that? Why does so many people 
It's like a broken <laughs> record. How many people I hear being like, oh, I've tried it or it didn't work for me or it doesn't work or only the top 1% people actually make it. And people have this mindset that it only works for the select few. And that like, you have to be some crazy special unicorn of a human to be successful. And I just feel like that's so not true, but I'd love to know, like, what do you think is the biggest reason most people, you know, don't really succeed? Um, I would say the number one reason is that uh, the fundamentals aren't taught well enough. And, and because a lot of people fail at network marketing, and it's almost like it was a mystical, confusing experience when it really wasn't. It really wasn't right. And so, you know, my good friend, Tim sales, which if you, you haven't had him on your podcast, you should definitely have him. He's, he's awesome, but he's one of those uber detail oriented guys. Um, just, just, just insane at how detailed he is. And he actually ran the numbers around real estate. Okay. So every year in America, about 700,000 people pay for the exam materials to become a, a realtor. Okay. Now they pay, they take money out of pocket. They are out of pocket. They haven't made any money back yet. Okay. So about 700,000 pay for the exam materials to become a realtor. Now, one might argue, oh, they just bought the exam materials because they wanted to learn real estate. And I would say, I don't think so. Because the exam materials are ridiculous. Yeah. You know, my wife just became a realtor not too long ago. And she's reading me some of the questions. I'm like, that is so useless. That's only for the state, right? That's only for the <laughs> government answer, right? And so um, about 700,000 pay for the exam materials out of pocket to learn to become a realtor. About 113,000 ever even take the exam. About wow. 50,000 ever pass the exam and 35,000 ever make a commission. So out of 700,000 that had intention to become a realtor and make money as a realtor, 35,000 get paid, but no one talks about that number. Is that what, 2%? 2%. And so like, it is, it's not a mystery. Well, why didn't they make money? Well, you know, most of them never even, you know, got, got the, even took the exam. Um, and, and if you look at what's the, what's the real commonality between, you know, the, the, none of the people that made money is they just didn't talk to enough people mm. that should not be a mystery. That shouldn't be a mystical be like, why are the stars not aligned? <laughs> it's like, why, well, how many people you talk to bro? Yeah. And, and it's like, well, I'm waiting on my business cards. It's like, okay. You know, <laughs> as a realtor, if someone just stores their business card in their garage and they don't talk to anybody, they're not surprised. They're like, I can't believe no one came in my garage and found my business cards and asked me if I wanted a listing, right? <laughs> no one is surprised when they don't make money in real estate. No one. Like everyone's like, yeah, I just didn't talk to enough people. But network marketers, either either they they were brought in by someone uneducated that hyped them and told them, you don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to sell anybody. Just find people that buy. And, and so um, it shouldn't be mystical or a mystery, Right. Um, and so there's two main primary drivers of, of income in network marketing. Um, before we get to that, though, I will just make, you know, kind of a side note is a lot of people come into network marketing and their goal is not to make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, there are people I know that have been in network marketing for 20 years and they've never made big money, but don't dare call them a failure. They love it. They love the community. They love the friends they've made. They love the experiences they've gone to, the excursions. Like they love their time in network marketing. So don't dare call them a failure. But if you were looking at a spreadsheet, you'd say, well, these people didn't make, they didn't ever make over a thousand bucks a month. Failure. They don't feel like a failure. 
there's a lot of people that don't make a lot of money in network marketing that don't feel like failures. They like the product. They like the team. They like the education. They like the you know community, et cetera. But there are two primary drivers of income, and that's pipeline and perspective. Pipeline is the number of people you talk to, follow up with, set appointments with, et cetera. Okay. How just what are your units, right? My units was 20, 20 nos a day. Okay. If someone comes to me and they say, Hey, I'm really hungry. I really want to become a top earner. I know in one question if that's true. How many people did you ask last week if they were open to your product, service, or opportunity? Mm. If they say, Well, you know, I'm, I'm still making a plan, it's like, all right, well, you're making what you should be. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> totally. I love and that. Then I second, feel like that's from your book, um, Freakishly Effective leaders in network marketing was when you talked about 80% of your team. Yes. Yeah. It was that whole stat on 80% yeah. of people that join you. Look use to the make, product. Yeah. yeah but make a it, little bit. I forget what the exact product. Products, they have a desire level of zero to 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they have. And, and, and so like, don't call them a failure. Like they're, yeah. they're actually accomplishing their dream. Right? Totally. That's what they want, and they may make money in their other job or whatever, but too often people just totally ignore the desire level of others. Like, I don't think anyone is getting their real estate license just to hang it on the wall and brag to their friends. Like they want to make money in real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're doing that for community and the continuing education you have to go through and all that <laughs> mumbo jumbo. Like, I don't think anyone's doing that, but people join network marketing all the time because of their friend. They like hanging around. They like the meetings. They like cookouts, et cetera. Um, and the second, you know, pipeline is first perspective is second perspective is where do you spend the majority of your time in your mind Mm -hmm. and so i have seen people that have a healthy pipeline they talk to 20 people a day but their perspective is so warped and so bad and so negative that they're literally repelling all of the benefits that they could be having and and so perspective is uh it's one of those things like for me you know what did i do i had a psychological trigger when i thought something negative i prospected someone so I replaced that thinking time of being down on myself with a profit producing activity. And that's always going to produce a profit. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so those are the two main drivers, but they, it shouldn't be confusing. It shouldn't be mystical or magical of why didn't I succeed? It's like, how many people would you talk to? And, you know, and you can, what you lack in skill, you can make, make up for in numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, your best recruiter in your company probably averages 30%. They probably talk to, you know, 10 people, get three people on board um, unless they're doing, you know, unless it's all attraction marketing. But if they're prospecting, they probably do about 30 percent. That's what the best recruiters I've I've met, you know, typically do in prospecting. OK, um, well, you can beat them by just talking to more people, even if you close five percent, but you talk to 100 people, you're probably going to beat them. And and so like that's it shouldn't be a mystery. right? It should be what work did you do? Mm-hmm. And and where did you spend the majority of your time? If you wanted to be a top earner, how often were you mentally rehearsing yourself as a top earner? How often were you seeing yourself as that top earner before it was true in your outer reality? And and that's the speed quotient. So perspective can actually provide you more speed than pipeline, but you got to learn that skill, and that skill is not not taught very well in very many places. I love that. We always say, you know, network marketing like in our business, I so feel like it's a personal development business disguised totally. as, you know, whatever, totally. you know, whatever product or service it is that you sell. And I remember when I first started my business, I was so scared of what people would think of me. And I was so scared of, you know, what if I'm not good at this? Like, I've never yeah. done anything like this. I don't have a big social media following. I was, right. the perspective was on what if this doesn't work for me? And I had to have a perspective shift. 
and every day get into state and be really big on visualization. I would literally visualize what it would be like to get in this car that I was going to earn and drive off the lot. What would it feel like when I see a comma in my paycheck? What will it feel like when my friends and family that told me this will never work for me are like, wow, this is working. And I would feel it to a point where I would, I could see like the hairs raising on my arms and I could feel it and know like, I'm going to help people through this. This is going to be my vehicle to make a big impact on people in a way that I never would have been able to if it weren't for network marketing. And so for people listening to this, I want you to know like this business lives in your head. Like if you believe that you can do this, you can. If you believe that you can't, you will not. And so you have to every day work harder on your belief and on yourself and on your mindset than anything else, because you can talk to 500 people you know, in a month or whatever. But if you don't think that you can build this, then you're just wasting your time. So you have to work on your mindset before you, you know, get into all this like crazy amount of activity. But I love that you said that because I feel like the perspective is so crucial. You quite literally become a magnet. Like Mm -hmm. the title of the show is getting magnetic. And you, you, when you start to do this mental rehearsal and visualization and belief Mm -hmm. in yourself and seeing your team and who's joining you, obviously before it's a physical reality, like, you start to vibrate from that energy, from that frequency. And then all of a sudden there's science and magic behind it all, but your reticular activating system sees the person at the coffee shop, the barista, like, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting this outgoing, you know, free spirited person. You start to see the world differently. You start to see opportunity and you also become a magnet to that. So yeah, a lot of people like the, the hustle culture, there's valid, there there's validity in, in getting 20 no's, but if you aren't, if you haven't primed yourself, your mindset, your belief system, like energetically to be ready, one, to receive a team to lead a team, like you got to get there first kind of in your mind. So I absolutely love that kind of balance, that dichotomy. And that leads me to the part B of that, Ray. Well, well said, by the way, both of you. Yeah, thank you. The part B of that question you kind of answered, I was going to ask what patterns do you see in like successful people, but let's take it even beyond because you coach just high level people. Yes, network marketers, but you you coach all sorts of people. What are those, anything beyond the, the pipeline perspective, but like those patterns you see, like what sets those people apart? Like, and I know they come to you because they're like, I'm want help here and there. And there's val- there's so much value in a coach, but what do you see? What are those patterns that we can kind of pick up on and be like, I want to model after that? Yeah, it depends. I mean, I've coached um, and in network marketing. I mean, I've coached people that bring home multiple people that bring home a million dollars a month. Um, I've coached a guy that has a team of 750,000. A lot of times they're coming to me because they've achieved all the financial things that they wanted, but they still don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And, And so you know, and and I and I and I really understand that because you know that was me just a few years ago, um, and you know Tony Robbins says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure, mm-hmm. and so a lot of us we do the work trying to fill a hole that can't be filled with that work, and or with those results, and so it's a little bit different game of of understanding and mastering your emotions so that you can start to be more in control of those emotions. And and so it it depends what you mean. But if you look at the people that that I, you know, kind of embody and and model after, et cetera, Mm -hmm. these are people that you can't make them angry. Yeah. And, And you know, they're not they're not getting triggered. It's it's mastery of emotions. 
you know, um, I remember they know themselves too, right? They like know who they are where you can't tell them like Ray's not going to say, Hey, you're this like, no, I know myself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't need acceptance, approval or agreement. I don't need, um, you know, someone to buy what I'm selling. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I just don't need that. And, you know, like I remember hearing, um, you know, Bob Proctor talk about, um, I want to say it was, I think it was Earl Nightingale, I think. And Earl Nightingale, no matter what happened, he would say, that's good. And so yep. car crash, that's good, right? And so um, it's it's just seeing everything that happens, even if on the surface, it looks like a very terrible thing, seeing that as, you know, that is something that is moving me toward where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the authors that I, I really um, enjoy is a guy named Vadim Zeland, and he's a, a Russian author. Um, not, I don't, I don't think he's got a humongous, you know, following like some of the other more well-known gurus. But um, he talks about how your outer reality is a slow-moving mirror reflection of your inner reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for you know, I just like I wouldn't, you know, squirt shaving cream on the mirror and run my razor against it. That makes literally no sense. That's what most people do with their outside world. They're trying to change their bank account. They're trying to change their team. They're trying to motivate their husband. They're trying to do these things outside of them, not realizing that it's coming from inside of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you need to address it here. Joe Dispenza says it a little bit different. He says your personality creates your personal reality. Yes. Right. And most people try to change their personal reality without changing their personality. And that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. And, and so when it comes to setting intentions, which is what Vadim is very good at teaching, is most people do set intentions. They set an intention of, I want to double my team or double my income, or I want to have that car, or I want to whatever. So they set this beautiful intention. And as long as you hold that intention, you're going to get it. You know, Emerson said, nothing is capricious in nature. You can't have an idea that you want to accomplish without also possessing the ability to accomplish it. So if you hold this intention, you're going to get it, whatever that is, okay? But what happens is you don't know the how to get this intention. And so I've had leaders that, you know, we start working together, they set this big intention, and literally within days, their number one leader leaves. And they're like, oh my God, like this, I'll never hit it. So they smother that intention, not realizing they needed that to happen. Mm. Make room for were, more for your next ace or whatever, right? right? Mm. Because that person's energy may have been toxic. That mm, person, yeah. they may have been a producer, but toxic. They may have been holding back 10 other leaders in your team. But when you don't hold the intention and you take an outside thing that you don't think that's how it should work, you can smother that intention. And then you know, not only do you not get it, you get your new intention of how unfair life is. Mm, and so, so the good. key is to see things as happening perfectly that is guiding you toward all the things that you actually want in your life. And the number one skill that you can develop is to see, and you you mentioned it, uh, to see and feel things as you wish they were before they are. Waiting for things outside of you to change your emotions is it's just uneducated. It's just, you know, when people say, well, once I'm a top earner, then I'll feel better about myself. And that's just, that's just uneducated. You just don't understand how, how things work. Mm -hmm. You need to feel it before that happens. You need to see it and feel it and touch it, smell it, taste it, know that it's true, see people complimenting you on it before it happens. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, that's, um, I now forget the 
the question you actually gave me, but hopefully no, it's I, a, I love this where this went. Tangent. Yeah, yeah. Not even tangent, just direction. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think whatever people's spiritual beliefs are, it, it, there's a level of co-creation, right? Whether you believe in the universe or God or who, whoever, if there's a higher power out there, it's like, I love what you said, because I think what I'm realizing, realizing I'm not, I don't know anything is if you ask for a bigger team or a bigger bank account or bigger paycheck or whatever, like God or the universe, higher power is not just going to, going to give it to you. It's going to give you opportunity, which is probably going to feel like adversity actually. Yeah. Or if you ask for strength, you will be brought to your knees because it's that opportunity to become strong. And so it's yeah. all these things. And you realize like you bring on Ray Higdon, you think, okay, I'm going to get my notes out. I'm going to get tips. And he, he dropped the four things, the daily methods of operation. Right. But what you realize in, in all of this and Ray's, you know, a successful guy. And when I look at Ray, I see success as a businessman, but I see if you look at his life success in as a family man, you know, as mm-hmm. a father, as a husband and that like back to the Tony Robbins, how do you define success? Because money is not it. We know that. It's just to do the things we love with the people we love. Yeah. We're kind of coming back to that. When we want and desire these things, we're going to get the opportunity. It's just not wrapped up the way we thought it'd be in this perfect package. It's actually going to maybe almost set us back and open up opportunity for us to grow into that person. And then we apply all these spiritual or these principles of like, let me see it, be it, become it first. And it's going to come to fruition in my life in our intro and getting magnetic i forget who says it but he's steve harvey no someone if you can see it in your mind you can hold it in your hand it's just it's not right away it's not instantaneous but time's kind of an illusion too the speed of it it's the more we can come from that space and that energy and that vibration like it's going to come into our personal reality which is amazing i love where this this kind of ended and um i think people by the end of this are going to be like, where do I get more of Ray? Most people probably already follow you, but just reiterate, like, where do we find you on social? Do you have any groups people can join? You have an epic event coming up in a new book. Yeah. Like, give us all the things where we can kind of get more of Ray Higdon. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people like my Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of skits. I do a lot yeah. of fun stuff over They're there. They're hilarious and educational. <laughs> um, but that's at Ray Higdon. Very simple. You know, we have um, our event coming up. So it's uh, as of this recording, it's in a couple of weeks, but it's October 27th to 29th in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Tell um, me more about that. That's generic yeah. network marketing. It's absolutely. Mindset, absolutely. It's training. But there's, it's really, um, and there's, there are virtual options available. Um, I don't, we may be sold out by the time this you know, runs as far as in person, but there will definitely be virtual options. And you can learn more at rankmakerslive.com. Mm-hmm. Rank makerslive.com. Um, but it's, it's really the only event, uh, at least I'm aware of that does that combines two very needed processes, the exact processes for change, to become more consistent, to change your habits, to alter your mindset, to stop self-sabotaging and being held hostage by your fears so that you are now receptive and allowing of all the abundance that you can have come to you, as well as the business strategies and tactics that work right now uh, to grow your business. And so we have an amazing uh, assortment of 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 trainers and and speakers. We have you know Dr. Joe Dispenza. We have Russell Brunson. Um, we have Coach Stormy Stormy Wellington, uh, Gloria Mayfield Banks, Jenna Zweigel. 
Um, we just have so, so many that I can't list them all, but we have yeah. so many different amazing speakers to help navigate what is working right now, as well as how do you get past your sabotage? Um, most events are mainly tactic driven, um, which is great if you've already gotten over all your mindset issues mm -hmm. um, and you'll be right into implementation mode, but most mm -hmm. people aren't. Most people are the overthinking learner, not the celebrated earner. And so we help you get out of that fear, that sabotage, that self-image issue, the self-worth issue, uh, the guilt issue, and, and help really get you in, into momentum. And so, um, you know, we're, we're excited about it. last year. Uh, it was still virtual. We had about 7,000 people on, um, this year it's our first, uh, back to being in person since 2019. And so we're, we're really excited about it. That's wow, amazing. Amazing. It sounds incredible. We're going to have to get on our calendar next year. We're, we're yeah. traveling this month and we can't make it live. And I wish we could sure. earlier, but yeah, we'll drop all of that in the show virtual. notes. And yeah, we can definitely do virtual, um, which is super exciting. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything you you just, we read Freakishly Effective Social Media for Network Marketers. You just came out with a new one like weeks ago, right? Yeah, we came out with a second edition. So, um, you know, our first book, I mean, I forget how many reviews it had, but thousands of reviews yeah. and people just loved it. And I, and I knew that it needed to be updated. And so I planned on doing just a little update, just add TikTok and reels and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But after I went through it, I realized that there was a lot of things that have changed in social media. And so we ended up updating over 70% of the book. Um, so it's called a second edition. It really could have been a different book, um, but it's called Freakishly Effective Social Media for Network Marketing. Um, the second edition, if you're going to buy it, make sure you get the second edition. I'm not sure you can buy the first edition anymore, but make sure you get the second edition. And it's available on Amazon. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, right around 100 pages, pretty easy read, pretty quick read. And, uh, and I think it'll help some people. Yeah, I love the, your books, that series, because it, it, it's simple to read, but it's effective, but it's something you, yeah. you get a highlighter and you start to implement like, yeah, yeah, obviously, we talk about the mindset and then implementation, implementation, but there's just so much strategy in there and such good stuff. So thank, thank you, you so much, Ray, anything else you got, as far as you want to share with the audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, you know, I mean, just just know that I, you know, I really break it down to two categories. If you're in this business and you're consistent, right? You're just, you know, you're you're doing the work every single day, but you don't feel good, you don't feel joy, you don't feel fulfillment, you keep thinking that that next rank is going to make you feel better about yourself. Know that your consistency is a coping mechanism for different issues that you've faced throughout life. And, and I know because that was me. Um, if you're inconsistent, then it's not that you're lazy. It's that you've drawn the wrong conclusion to success based on an observation you made as a kid. Mm -hmm. And there is something about success that has you believing that it will make you become someone you don't want to become. It'll make you hurt people the way that you were hurt. It'll make you ignore people the way that you were ignored. It'll um, cause issues where you observed issues in the past as a kid, um, but know that there's hope, you know, we've rehabilitated a lot of people that went from being inconsistent, frustrated, unsure why, you know, what's the problem overthinkers um, to rock stars. And so there are ways to overcome all that stuff. And, you know, we put a lot of that content out on our social media and, you know, in our courses and at our events, of course. Mm. Wow. So profound. I love it. 
Thank you so much for your time and energy you, and you, being here you. with us today, Ray. This is like a dream because I've I've looked up wow. to you for years. Mm-hmm. You've been a mentor from afar for years. Yeah, for our whole awesome. career. Awesome. Yeah, so it's really cool to get to know you better and just have this live opportunity with you. So thank you for carving out time to be here with us. And I know this My episode pleasure. is going to bless a lot of people. So thank you awesome. for being here. Thanks for having me. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember... You are magnetic.